Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Coming up, we're going to take a look at cybersecurity for the banking industry. Also, we're going to take a deeper dive into the GOP's annoyance over Trump's debt ceiling deal as well as Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. But first, let's get a check on business news. Charlie Pellet has that for us. And a lot going on. I thank you very much, Lisa Bromowitz. Got to begin with crude oil. Now the numbers at the close of floor trading on the Dimex. Brought to you by USCF. Invest in what's real. Visit USCFinvestments.com. That's USCFinvestments.com. West Texas Intermediate Crude down 3.3%, tumbling a $1.64 barrel to 47 45. Gold, little changed, higher by less than one tenth of one percent right now, up a dollar ten the ounce to thirteen forty seven. The tenure down seven thirty seconds, the yield there two point zero six percent. Equities lower, little changed with the S P down half a point now. Nasdaq is down thirty, that is a drop of five tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up forty four, up two tenths of one percent. Hurricane Irma could bring havoc to Florida when it strikes early Sunday and may cause economic damages of $200 billion or more. This according to David Havens, an insurance analyst at Imperial Capital. He says insurance or reinsurance would cover 50% to 60% of damages. Well, Irma certainly creating major worries for Floridians. Also a concern about commodities. A topic we were just talking about here on Bloomberg Markets. Jim Romer is the former chairman of ProQuest, and we asked him what Irma could mean for orange juice. It's probably one of the most uh, thinly traded markets out there in all commodities, but, uh, you know, we've seen diseases, citrus greening, in the last 10 years. Florida's mm-hmm. producing only a third of what they used to produce. This is just going to wipe out, you know, really yeah. many industries in Florida. The Everglades, you know, which is a very important area for ecosystems, and the orange crop's going to be hurt, probably lose 5 or 10% of the crop. Not good. Not good at all. S&P 500 index down half a point. The Dow up 44, up two-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ down 30, down five-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you so much, Charlie Pellet. I'm Lisa Abramowitz. I'm in for Carol and Corey, who will be back next week. Uh, this is Bloomberg. Right now, New York financial regulators are homing in on the banking industry and trying to make sure that there are procedures in place to prevent uh, cybersecurity breaches and uh, holding them accountable for making those changes. Here to discuss is Stephen Grossman. He's a vice president of strategy at Bay Dynamics, which is based in San Francisco. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is a compelling sort of addition of regulations at a time when so many people are talking talking about stripping away some of the financial rules. Can you give us a sense, first of all, about what the new regulations say and how that will change the backdrop for big banks? Sure. And Lisa, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, the regulation overall is all about improving the cybersecurity of financial services institutions that operate within New York State, as well as the third-party providers uh, that serve them regardless of where they're located. And so the, the approach that the DFS uh, 23 Part 500 regulation took was really a risk-based approach. What it said is that you have to have the right infrastructure in place 
appoint somebody who's responsible for cybersecurity, like a CISO, put a program in place with the right policies, uh, access privileges, and then put the right layers of protection uh, in place in line with the importance of your systems. And so that's really a risk-based approach that says focus on your most valuable and important systems first, focus on the ones that obviously have the, uh, the greatest threats that, that are attacking them. And we, we saw in the news just this morning quite, quite a large breach, um, which also tells us that just because you're compliant with the regulation doesn't necessarily mean uh, that you're secure. Well, so it's really all about getting that security in place. Well, let's talk about that. You're talking about Equifax, right, which is this uh, credit union that said that about half of Americans – sensitive and private information could have been uh, exposed during a data breach. Uh, That's amazing, and it would be a massive, uh, historic breach of security. At what point is the company itself held responsible for this type of breach, and and how much are there some attacks that you just cannot protect against? That's a great question and a great point. I mean, I I think the the industry has come to realize that you can't stop all threats and you can't patch all the vulnerabilities, all the holes in your systems to, uh, to protect yourself absolutely and, and still do business on a daily basis. Um, what companies have come to realize is, is that they have to focus on those systems that are most important, most exposed, uh, and, and focus their efforts there first. And so in the case of Equifax, where you have a, a publicly facing site um, that had a, a vulnerability in it that, that, was, uh, that was exploited, uh, you'd expect that they would have better measures in place to protect the data sitting behind that application so that it wouldn't be reachable or accessible um, from the public Internet. Um, so, so, you know, it's really all about doing your due diligence and, and having the, the right structures in place uh, to show that you've done what, what you should be doing to protect yourself. And nobody expects perfection in, in this domain, right? It's, it's, not, it's an impossible goal to achieve. It's all about um, – putting your best efforts in place and, and, and putting the features in place to protect yourself. So uh, Bay Dynamics is a cyber risk analytics company, um, and so you have a pretty good sense, I would guess, of where some big banks are with respect to protecting against cyber attacks. How confident are you that they could prevent the vast majority uh, of cyber attacks? Well, that's a difficult question to answer. The, the large banks especially have – uh, quite a few layers of regulation, and they have quite extensive budgets applied to the cyber risk uh, challenge. The, you know, the, the challenge for them is that they often have such complexity in their systems, and they have so much legacy um, for mergers and acquisitions um, that, that it's difficult for them to, to plug all the holes. And so, you know, t- taking the right approach to it um, is, is really key. Uh, but, but I think that the larger banks are, are certainly moving in the right direction. Um, what's somewhat unique about this regulation from DFS? Uh, is the fact that it doesn't only apply to big global banks. It applies to banks and insurance companies all the way down to 10 employees and $5 million in annual revenue or, and, and $10 million in, in year-end assets. So it gets down to pretty small companies in terms of size um, and complexity that may not have somebody who, who's totally dedicated to security and they may not have the programs in place uh, to protect themselves. And so it's a pretty far-ranging regulation in that way. It'll be inter- interesting to see whether the, it will face any uh, pushback given the current 
anti-regulatory climate in Washington, D.C., but uh, definitely fascinating and uh, and definitely relevant right now based on the news that we're getting about Equifax and the scope of the population that may be affected. Steve Grossman, thank you so much uh, for joining us. This is really um, a topical uh, issue and uh, one that we will continue to follow. Steve Grossman is vice president of strategy at Bay Dynamics, which is based in San Francisco and uh, is a cyber risk analytics company. Uh, the Equifax data breach is currently uh, being investigated by a number of U.S. agencies, and we will bring you the latest uh, as we hear more right now. However, let us go and get world and national news with Bloomberg News anchor Adrian Mitchell in the 991 Newsroom in Washington, D.C. Adrian. Thanks, Lisa. Hurricane Irma with 155 mile an hour winds still on a collision course with Miami. And now Georgia looks to take a more direct hit. Broward County, Florida Sheriff Scott Israel expects the worst. There will be homes, property that is absolutely devastated. We know that. Mayor, Miami-Dade Mayor Carlos Jimenez says many evacuees will be staying in shelters. We plan to have a total of 43 shelters open with a total capacity of over 100,000 people. Florida's biggest utility expects the storm to knock out power to 9 million people, half of the state's population. The House has voted to fund Hurricane Harvey aid, raise the debt limit, and keep the government open through December 8th. But Bloomberg's Kevin Cirilli reports a political storm still looms. The vote, 316 to 90, perhaps foreshadowing with some Republicans voting against this of the looming policy fights that House Speaker Paul Ryan will face in the month of December when he will have to uh, try to muster Republican support from ultra-conservative hardliners in the Freedom Caucus to not only raise the debt limit but to also pass a partial government funding bill to keep the government open. One GOP member says Republicans hissed and groaned at Treasury Secretary Mnuchin in a meeting before the vote. Mexico's president says on Twitter that there have been more than 260 aftershocks after a powerful earthquake near the Guatemalan border. At least 32 people have died in the quake. Hundreds of thousands are without power. Global News, 24 hours a day. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.